What would you do if you joined a church that preached exactly what you believed? One that opened their arms to everyone and everything with a warm smile. A family. But slowly, things became darker and darker. You were moved to a remote location, and this family that accepted you began to feel less and less warm. Running off of little food and little sleep, do you think you could get out before they took you out? Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and today is episode two of the Jonestown Cult. Now, if you remember last time, we talked about Jim, his childhood. We talked about the beginning of Jonestown and how it would start. We also brought up when Jim tried to steal followers from another religion, claiming he was, you know, that reincarnation of Father Divine. And we left off with Jim kind of starting to go off the deep end. He started waking his following up in the middle of the night, claiming that the end of the world was coming. He would have them drink a Kool-Aid-like drink. It wasn't Kool-Aid. It was just like a flavored water. Um, telling them that it was going to kill them and help them move on to their next world. After his following would drink this liquid, he would inform them that it was a drill. He did not like anybody in relationships, but that was an exception for himself. He told everybody that he was the only heterosexual man on earth and everybody else was homosexuals. Um, just like a lot of things like that. And like we talked about last time, the people who were in relationships, whether that was started when they were part of Jonestown or they came into Jonestown already in a relationship, he never broke them up. He just openly talked about how much he did not agree with them being in relationships and how it was almost distracting. And these couples actually would not talk about Jonestown or Jim together. They wouldn't share their opinions on either of the situations because they were afraid that Jim, in the middle of a session, would call one of them up and actually quiz them on the other one and ask what the other one felt towards Jim himself or the cult. And they were afraid that they would get their significant other in trouble and possibly injured if they said something that Jim didn't like. So it's very clear at this point that Jim was actually, you know, feared by his following. They didn't look at him as a god necessarily, and maybe to a point, but they were afraid of him. And that's kind of where we left off, that like backstory and, you know, how Jonestown started and then the downward spiral that Jim would begin on and he would take his following with him. And side note, I know today's episode is going up late. Um, we've started the, you know, room swapping around. I actually did not get home until super late. And the plan was to move everything into the new room today. 
which is why I didn't get a chance to record today's episode when I wanted to. Um, that didn't happen, so, you know, in the next couple days this is going to move into there and it won't be as stressful, but yeah, so that's why it's going up a little late today and I apologize to anybody that is listening, um, but I still really wanted to get it up on Sunday. I wanted to open it up with a really interesting fact about Jim. He would end up bringing a chimpanzee into the cult. The following would call this chimpanzee Mr. Muggs. Now what I'm about to say next was never proven, just talked about, but it sounds like Mr. Muggs was bought from a pet store, which is not completely out of the ordinary. But Jim would tell his following that he actually saved Mr. Mug from scientific experiments as sort of a manipulation tactic. And so Jim looked like, you know, the savior that he always wanted to be. This chimpanzee would quickly become the temple's mascot and everybody just loved Mr. Muggs. But Mr. Muggs was not raised by Jim. Mr. Muggs was actually being taken care of and raised by the family of a woman named Joyce. But like I said, he was loved. He was a very well-behaved chimpanzee. Everybody loved Mr. Muggs. And Jim would talk about all of these scientific experiments that they would do on Mr. Muggs over and over and over. It is not clear if the following believed this. There is a part of me that does think that they did to a point But since everybody talked about how Mr. Muggs was bought from a pet store, it sounds like they didn't really believe that 110%, which I'm not sure if Jim knew that or not, but that already reflects the distrust that his following were already having in Jim and, you know, signifies the beginning of the downfall of Jonestown. There was a couple that would end up getting pregnant. And like we've talked about before, Jim did not believe in, you know, having sex or his following having sex or his following getting married or in relationships unless it was with just him. But this couple would end up getting pregnant. And here's where this really weird situation begins. Because Jim would begin preaching to his following that he was the father of this baby. And the woman that got pregnant just kind of went along with it. She agreed and began telling people that yes, Jim was the father and that her husband was not the father of this baby. The husband and the wife would even sign a paper stating that Jim was the father of this baby. They went through with the pregnancy and this woman had a healthy little boy. This healthy little boy would live with those two parents that got pregnant, even though Jim claimed to be the father. So Jim really had no hand in raising this little boy at all. And as this family stayed at Jonestown for a while and they began seeing all these red flags and the crumbling of Jonestown start, they decided they were going to leave the church. They were going to leave. But since the father and the mother both signed paperwork claiming that this little boy was the son of Jim, they could not take him with them. Or rather, the cult would not allow them to take this little boy. They, in turn, had to leave this little boy there and immediately turned around and began to seek legal help and get the courts involved to bring this little boy home. The courts would demand that Jim hand this little boy over to the two parents, but Jim refused to do so. 
claiming that he was the father and he had rights to this little boy. Even with the courts demanding he give this little boy up, he wouldn't. There are theories about why Jim decided to hold on to this little boy and not give him up, and that is that Jim seemed like he was worried that if he gave the child that he claimed to be his baby up, that it would prove that he had lied to the following, lied to the following about the paternity, and put question on everything else that he has ever said about what was to come or what he had said in general to his following. Jim was already seeing trust slipping. People were leaving the church and he was grasping on every single follower that he still had. He was worried if he gave this little boy up that everybody would up and leave because it proved that Jim had lied. Of course, a lot of people believe that this husband and wife had sex and got pregnant. Worried because they weren't supposed to be having sex, they went and talked to Jim about it. And Jim would inform them that to save their reputation in the church, he would claim that this baby was his because it was okay to have sex with Jim, just not with other people in the following. And all the family had to do was sign a piece of paper claiming that Jim was indeed the father and nobody would think otherwise. And because this family was scared of Jim, because everybody in the following was scared of Jim at this point, he was mean, he was addicted to drugs, he was treating everybody almost like dogs, waking them up at night, making them follow everything that he said, ridiculing them, that they just accepted and followed his lead. Probably not thinking about the fact that this meant that they were not going to be able to take their son when they decided to leave. Of course, not everybody believed that because Jim was sleeping with a lot of other people in the following. So some people did believe that this baby was Jim's and that he had all rights to this child because it was his son and that these two were just trying to steal this baby from Jim. Unfortunately, neither of these theories would be proven true. And you will find out, of course, why that is. At this point... Jonestown was everywhere. These people were talking about all these things that they had been involved in, all of these horrible things they were subjected to when they followed this, on top of the fact that Jim was essentially holding their child hostage. And a congressman named Leo Ryan heard about the claims against Jim and Jonestown. He decided that he wanted to make a trip out there and see the following for himself. Meet Jim. See if he thought that these claims were true. This is the same journalist that would actually decide to spend some time in prison to be able to see how people were being treated there. So it's not unusual for him to put himself in potentially dangerous situations for a story. He would immediately reach out to Jim. He would make it look like he just wanted to check it out, write a story on the following, pretty much give him free publicity. Originally, Jim would write back and tell him, no, he didn't want him on his property. He didn't want him meeting his following. He didn't want to meet him. And he left it at that for a while. Then he decided later that he would write back because the good publicity could grow his followers fast. So he told him he changed his mind and that they could travel out and meet the following. Multiple journalists were interested in Jonestown and meeting Jim. 
And they all got together and traveled out there to try and get to the bottom of what was happening at Jonestown. And if anybody was being held there against their will, like it sounded like. At the beginning of Leo's visit, it wasn't that bad. There was food for the followers. Everybody was smiling and laughing. They had these great stories to tell them. And it seemed like the people at Jonestown were truly happy and that the people that had left were just spreading fake news because they were mad about something. They honestly felt like everything that was being said was just rumors. That was until they were leaving. A couple of followers who were trying their hardest to find a way out would walk up to Leo and ask if they could load up with them and go back to the States. That Jonestown was not what they saw and they wanted out. Jim, of course, would catch wind of this really quickly and it would fill him with so much anger because he was supposed to be sharing these great stories with this journalist. He was supposed to be getting the good word of Jonestown out there. And now these followers probably just ruined it all. This was an act of betrayal. And not only that, this was about to paint the following in Jonestown in a very negative light and do the opposite of what Jim wanted in the first place. Leah would speak to these people before making any decisions and after hearing some very concerning things would inform them that they could load up with them and they would take them out. They would get them out of Jonestown. They would help them. And these people would come back with him to the airship. The planes though were not there yet. So they were sitting there waiting and that's when a truck pulled up. A truck of Jonestown gunmen. And they would open fire on the people waiting to be picked up in an attempt to take out the ones that had betrayed Jim. Leo would unfortunately get fatally shot in this attack, along with four other of his companions. And everybody else was severely injured. The planes would pick up the alive people in an attempt to get them to safety and to get them away from the people opening fire on them. The gunmen would jump back into this truck and return to Jonestown and inform Jim that they had completed what they were instructed to do. This though, has not been proven. This again is just something that has been talked about. We are unsure if these gunmen were under instruction by Jim to shoot everybody that was trying to leave, or if they took it in their own hands to protect Jonestown. But once these gunmen would return, Jim would station them around the town, informing them that it was time and the end was near. And nobody, including themselves, were going to get out alive. He would gather his following like he had done so many times. There was about 900 people all together, and he would preach the same exact thing that he had preached so many times. He would inform them that the end of the world was near, but in reality, it was Jim knowing that Jonestown end was near. Not everybody that was shot at died, and the stories about how he was holding people against their will 
we're going to get out. How he would wake them up in the middle of the night, we're going to get out. The courts were coming to steal his son, and now he had followings that were trying to leave in any way they could. Jonestown was ending. Not the world. Jonestown. But this felt the exact same that it felt every single night he would wake people up. Because he wouldn't just do these drills at night. He would do them in the morning. He would do them at night. Random times. Preach the same thing. Everybody was used to it. Then, they would hand out a cyanide-laced fruit drink and tell everybody it was time to drink. Side note, because I did feel like this was important to put it in here. This is known and marketed as Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid poisonings. He handed Kool-Aid out to everybody and they drank it and died. But it was not Kool-Aid. It was just a different brand. I think it was called like Flavor Aid or something. And I wanted to put this in here because it is a false statement that is very well known. It was not Kool-Aid. It was just a different brand of flavored water. And a bunch of people drank the drink. They'd done it every night. They were ready to just move on with their day. But not everybody did this time. It was almost like they knew. And they would be found with marks on them, suggesting that they were held down by some of the members and injected with a poison that would kill them the ones that were running and trying to get away, were shot by the surrounding gunmen who were instructed to not let anybody out alive. Amongst the dead were so many young children. They didn't know what was happening or what they were doing. They didn't know what their fates had in store for them, and they had done this every single night for almost their whole lives. Gather, drink a drink, moved on. Amongst these children was that young boy that the parents were trying their hardest to get out. And if the children do not break your heart, they also decided that the statement nobody gets out alive included their mascot, Mr. Muggs. And they would shoot Mr. Muggs and kill him as well. Somehow though, there was some people who got out of life. One was a mother and her three-year-old. They had taken eight others with them to go on a picnic. This was a cover story. There was no picnic. They did not plan to head on out onto a picnic. They knew that something was going to happen. And they would walk 35 miles before they were found, picked up and saved. And another were two men that had pushed past the armed men and managed to run away before being shot or killed. Some others had been sent off before the plans were even placed to bring money to someone. And when they returned and everybody was dead, they made it out alive. Jonestown was not just in that one place as well. There was other locations that decided not to listen to Jim's orders when they received them. And they decided to live. And can we just talk about another poor woman who somehow would end up sleeping through the entire thing. She was part of the temple. 
she lived in Jonestown and decided to sleep late one time. Luckily for her, nobody thought to check her home. And while everybody was being forced to drink the juice injected with poison or shot, she ended up sleeping through it all. Waking up to walk out of her house and see all of the bodies of the following. She witnessed her loved ones and her friends being put in bags when the authorities arrived and got out alive. Of course, authorities, like I said, arrived. They had gotten wind of the shooting of the people in the planes. They already knew of this little boy that they were trying to get out. But when they got there, everybody was already dead. They would take a survey on how many bodies there were, see how they all died, and then begin questioning the people who did end up getting out alive. And these people would inform the authorities that this was not a mass suicide. It was closer to a mass murder. Jim was holding power and fear over everybody, whether that meant with or without them taking the poison on their own. They did also find two notes that were written before all of the deaths. One of these notes was an unsigned note, so they are unsure of who wrote it. They do have some ideas, but since it was never signed, I am not going to mention who they think it was because I really don't want to spread any false information if I can prevent it. But this letter would talk about how it was necessary for the people to commit suicide and that Jim did not order the gunmen to go and shoot at Leo and his team and that those were actions that they took upon themselves to try and save Jonestown. And of course, they cleaned the bodies up returned them to the families that they belonged to, and Jonestown was over. The end of the world never happened. But 900 people died, thinking it was about to. Jonestown could have started off with well intentions. It could have started off simple and loving, and it sounded like it did. But as the following grew, maybe... The fame just got to Jim's head. Maybe Jim was driven insane with power. And unfortunately, this led to the deaths of 900 people. Children, women, men, animals. Some who still believe in what Jim were preaching, but most of which sounded like they were forced to leave before they were ready out of fear this was not the end of the world just the end of Jonestown or was it There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. 
If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.